0: plushcare.com slash
1: weight loss this is internet marketing hello and welcome to the internet marketing podcast brought to you by site visibility i'm scott colnutt and today we have a very special guest alex taklova marketing consultant and founder of Digital Olympus. Hi, Alex.
2: Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me today. Uh, Super excited about our today's topic as well.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Me too. And on today's topic, um, there's so much that I could have talked to you about in respect of marketing broadly or link building, which I know is one of your areas of specialism. But I've specifically focused in on uh, today's topic of increasing your content linkability so that's largely a discussion today around if you already have content or we're about to build content how can you make it make it even more linkable more valuable from the start and um just before we go into that do you just want to talk a little bit about your background and the companies and projects that you're involved
3: with
2: Yeah definitely so um actually, uh, I hope fingers crossed that today we are going to launch a new vision of our website because um, currently, if you go to digitalolympus.net, you will see our conference. Um, and so, yeah, for sure, that's a very important part of our business. But besides conference, we also have a link building agency. And so the day, I think... Um, today, the day when we are going to launch, um, our new main page, where it will be written that first of all, we are a relationship link building agency. And secondly, we are, we are also running, um, a digital marketing conference, which is also called Digital Olympus.
1: And congratulations on the launch Thank of that new you. website. Well, a difficult I'm time, super though.
2: proud and excited <laughs> because there were like tons of back and forths when we've, um, also it was not so easy to collect clients' testimonials. So, guys, if you want to do it at once, then be ready. Um, that it's in reality, it's a hard, um, not to crack because. Even if you have a very responsive client, it might take ages to get from them at a mm. testimonial.
1: Yeah. So, and, um, and I'll link to the website in the show notes as well. So people can go and look at the, the shiny new website as well.
2: Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So currently we have a mount uh, among our clients, for instance, G2. And we, we've recently uh, finalized a big project for edX. If you don't know, um, and that's, it's one of the biggest, uh, learning, online learning pro- platforms, educational, um, that, uh, that is, um, actually, it's a project from MIT University. And so, um, the majority of their, um, learning courses, um, educational courses, they are totally free. Uh, and the bad thing that all their courses, they are, um, recorded and delivered by well-known professors and well-known universities so that's kind of a quite unique platform as well so we have and, uh,
1: mm-hmm. yeah and, and going back to my intro so you're working with these companies um in is it ge- more general marketing or is this very specialist for link link acquisition link building and,
2: uh, link building. and
1: digital pr solidly okay great that's interesting to know um Okay, so on that topic, and I am going to kind of go straight into yeah. the heart of the matter. This is always something that people want to speak to me, and I get this question a lot <laughs> um, in terms of paying for links. So, are, are you are you the kind of agency where you'll pay for links alongside the content and outreach placement? Do you do you avoid paying for links entirely, or do you a bit? Do you do a bit of both?
2: well um, so I think uh we're a little bit unique because we've never paid for a single link in our life. I
3: Amazing. don't know
2: whether it's good or bad, but that's the fact <laughs> uh so all links um that we are building back to our own our own website digital Olympus or clients ones they're all done through a relation based um link building approach yeah. um uh so well, I should say that um, it's good to add here that I know that some industries um, there, um, well, actually, there is no way to get links, uh, free link there. So we work only with, um, let's say, like particular niches within um, the B2B sector. Uh, so, and that the reason why um, we could secure um, links organically. Also, sometimes we are facing quite funny situations when uh, our clients uh, are more aware of sites that are selling links than we are uh, once mm-hmm. we face that situation. Um, because, um, well, for sure, we try to avoid working with some, uh, let's say, shady uh, or not really, let's say, like, so so clear webs. I mean, like, websites that uh, don't have a clear business model because um, the chances that they are selling links uh, are quite high but still even like you know well-known bloggers they could do this and that's what the case because um, uh, we've just partnered up uh, with one quite influential and well-known digital marketing expert and this person was secretly well selling links
1: oh interesting
2: yeah well (laughs) we were like (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: and I was like, oh come on
1: <laughs> and uh, the, the, one of the reasons i asked the question is um in context of the rest of our discussion is i think whether you're paying for links or you're not paying for links um you know whoever whoever is paying for links out there you've still got to place that content and you've still got to you've still got to convince someone to put that content on their site and even if you've got money available and you're paying for links, that's still a difficult thing to do because you've got to offer value, something that's unique to post. And actually, I think um, particularly working outside of just link building, when you move into the realm of kind of influence and marketing and collaboration, mm-hmm. um, you know, r- people are still selective, even if you're paying them. They're still selective of what they're going to post on their site, which, is, which brings me back to the topic today is about making your content linkable, about m- making putting it in the best position available so that someone wants to publish it to their site. And it's just um, from your agency, it sounds like you do that organic through relationship building. But I guess, that um, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but even though you're building these relationships over time, I still imagine that you have the problem of... You have to place content that's of value, and just because you've got a great relationship, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone will post your content. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. The only thing that you could do, and what we do as well, um, we are trying to um, to partner up with those sites that are also actively building links, and uh, we could uh, return them links indirectly, so they have the same um, the same, let's say, business targets. Uh, links and they understand the value of links and so we could um negotiate with them on in, in that way uh, well but for sure even even though we might have very good relationships uh, there might be some particular cases when we hear a no just because yes content is too weak or well they don't like some pages by some reasons so yeah mm-hmm. for sure they we are not buying links and we, we 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 even have let's say like weaker positions in terms of um in terms of uh, insisting that you should do this or that let's say like when you have money um involved in your relationships i think you have a much stronger position
1: right and yeah, you could to. affect
2: more um like you know you could influence more um the decisions
1: Mm. yeah that's clear um for our our listeners out there that are perhaps looking to build content so you know they're investing in content marketing they're starting to produce content and they haven't yet thought about how they're going to make that linkable can you perhaps start to provide some tips on what should people build into their content from the start to make it more linkable what are some of the elements that people can include
2: yeah, definitely. Very good question. But I have, I have to say that making content more linkable doesn't uh, necessarily equal to getting links.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because there are tons of excellent content. Um, and so sadly, no one is really willing to refer to it or referring to it. Well, um, a good example will be the most blog. If you, if you go there and just analyze their like you know their posts um, with the help of any tool like Basuma, Ahrefs, whatever it is, you'll notice that the majority of their posts um, doesn't have don't have any links. Well, sadly, but I I I I, I am I, I love most, the most blog and they have excellent content. So yeah, but. Um But for sure, um, there are a few tips that could um, ease the process of getting links, and I'd love to share it with you. So, well, first of all, you could do a pre-pre uh, outreach, so-called. Uh, it's a very uh, it's a very good strategy. So, what you are doing, you are searching for websites that might be interested uh, in linking back to your site. So, there might be somehow connected to you so there might be uh, so basically i always recommend um uh starting from uh reviewing your current circle that might be um i don't know your partners even your clients uh email subscribers uh uh, as, uh followers on twitter and so on so you could check them also what you you need to connect with them and uh so you show them your um, your newly written but not yet published content mm-hmm. and by this, you are trying to just you know they're reviewing it, you're getting a feedback, and so if they say that it's a cool content, then you could ask them whether they they could give it, um give it a link
0: mm-hmm.
2: so and in that way um it works quite well, but for sure to guarantee that they're going to get you a link back to your page, um, what you could do is, well, you could somehow try to manage to return them a link, for instance, in your upcoming guest post, so you could do a that post post uh, where you're going to feature all those uh, guys. And in that way, you are going to avoid an indirect link exchange yeah. and you'll secure links. Well, uh, 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 more things that are easier to done will be adding quotes from influencers. Even if your post is quite so-so, uh, this always helps you stand out and make your content, um, trustworthy, I would say. Uh, because uh, people are like, you know, when I scan through uh, any post, I always see like, you know, um, some, some names that uh, ring a bell. So basically, um, that uh, that uh, in that way you could add credits to your content. What what else you could do? Custom made images, gifs, and so on. So they should be really custom made. So well, uh, most probably you need to hire a designer. Or well, you if you're really good with tools like um, Canva, then you could try to just you know to do something on your own. But um, Anyway, they should be really, um, visually appealing and yeah. And this will help too. Um, and finally, I hate saying this, but sharing something truly unique, um, always, um, pays off as well. Yeah, I know that it's easier said than done. Uh, but if you are really expert in your niche, then, well, I, I'm certain that, um, you could find uh, a new angle or just you could share a new approach. Well, what I do, I also I build links on a daily basis and some new ideas just um, come into my mind uh, during this process. And I don't see that people are writing about this. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Let's let's maybe touch on that because that's really interesting. Oh,
2: um, the the last one thing is long yeah, form okay. content, by the way. Um, so yeah, try to make it as as long as possible because uh, also uh, there is a tendency that I see nowadays that uh, if you have even like quite a mediocre but a long form contract, um. It's easier to get links to it because people see it's it's really a, a lengthy post and they judge like you know f- just because we don't have time to really go through this post we just look okay um, does it have uh, really good images uh, does it have a good structure is it a long one oh, okay that's good to go
3: uh,
1: yeah that, that that makes sense uh, you've given me two questions now so I'm yeah. gonna before I before I forget my first one I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh-huh. Uh, give you that one first so um uh, you you touched on something really really interesting which is you you said you hate to say it but you need to make your content unique and then you kind of just started to touch on the process that you go through and said kind of you look for a unique angle can you maybe explain a little bit about maybe just some of the processes Mm -hmm. that you go through to think about unique angles maybe your research process maybe your brainstorming process
2: uh um <laughs> uh, yeah sure um well I think I, I have um it, it, it's it's well I don't know how how it's like it's nature there there is a very good book about about how you should structure your ideas it's like it's like talking basically you could talk to to anything on your table and sharing your story. And while you're telling the story, I mean, like you could talk to a bottle or you could talk to your phone. And while you're sharing something, you, you are structuring your ideas and finding a new angle. But I prefer mm-hmm. to use my colleague. So yeah. I, I tell her, uh, something about, I, I don't know. I've just uncovered something new, but I'm, I'm not pretty sure that. it's it's worth sharing with other people so i tell her a story and while i'm telling her what kind of um what kind of things i uncovered it's just you know it's structured in a better way and then i'm just like oh i got it so that's one way
1: (laughs) that reminds me of something there's um in, in writing, I guess that's similar to streams mm-hmm. of consciousness. So in writing, you can write just freely. And it's kind of, I think it's yeah called streams of consciousness. So it sounds like something very similar where you just kind of talk out loud at something and let the ideas flow freely through that. Yeah, through yeah that medium. That's like pretty it. interesting.
2: Yeah. Mm. So you could use your colic.
1: <laughs> yeah, or a bottle, if you've got a bottle. Or whatever. A phone.
2: Yeah, whatever you prefer. One more way um, will be uh i used to do this uh, so what you do you need to find some correlation so um if you if your industry uh, has enough uh, statistics data so what you could do you try you could try to make two different i don't know like you could go on statista.com and you could what you can do you can take two different um i don't know like verticals or two different stats and try to find some interesting correlations between them. I don't know, for instance, if we are talking about digital marketing um, industry. So, um, technically, uh, you could try to connect the dots between the, I don't know, the ad spans and uh, the, the growth demand of SEO or something like that, or the usage of social media versus the usage of something else. So, well, in that way, I mean. So that might be also a good starting point.
1: No, that's a really good starting point. And it kind of leads me on to another point that you touched on. And you were saying, you know, one way to perhaps increase the linkability of your content is to focus on long-form content. Yeah. And I was already, I was already thinking as you were talking, have you seen any trends... I've got a couple of questions here. Have you seen any trends in the the kinds of formats, so video, podcasts, or copy, um, that generate links or help to generate links, or is it all of those things combined? I guess that's my first question. Do you see any trends in formats that are more linkable than others?
2: I think guides. Guides, guides are currently correct. on the rise. And mm. also, um, let's say like... <laughs> um, I was actually, I think a few years ago, I was talking about that guys with some of my industry friends, uh, in terms of like, you know, you don't need to do, um, like, you know, you need, you don't need necessarily to release, uh, all guide chapters at once. Mm. You could, for instance, put the first two chapters and the rest, um, at later. And so, um, I haven't really seen um that before let's say like the last few months people were really using that strategy, but right now I see that more and more companies are doing like this, so basically what's happening they are creating um a guide where uh, where you could uh, where a user um, uh, can access the first two chapters for instance and the rest of others. They're like, you know, you, you can subscribe to them to, to receive an email once they are going to be launched. Oh, so I think it's, it's, a very, it's a very smart way of, uh, of content promotion as well, because you don't need to start everything from scratch.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. I had, uh, I I thought you were going to take this conversation somewhere. I haven't actually seen that. So that's interesting. But I just thought that uh, maybe a good strategy would be if you have a guide and you have a series of chapters, you could perhaps release one or two chapters via your website. But then people have to subscribe to your newsletter for the follow up chapters. That would be a good way to generate some acquisition, perhaps mm-hmm. um, in terms of email acquisition. But yeah, that's a that's a some really interesting insight. Um, just uh, moving on from the actual creation of content, which you've provided some great tips for, um, of course, then comes the part where hopefully you've got existing relationships in place, but you 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 need to place that content, um, particularly in the in the link building uh, space. So when it comes to outreach, um, are you still? Is it still email outreach that you're focused on primarily? Do you use any other social platforms? You know, direct messaging or anything like that.
2: Well, since we are we are really focused on B2B. And mm. then in our case, that's LinkedIn. We never send an email unless uh, we, we, we try to connect with the person on LinkedIn. So uh-huh. we are using LinkedIn as an icebreaker. Yeah. And so um, I always, also when I connect with someone on LinkedIn, I always write a short uh, message. And actually, I think it's 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 very important because uh, I receive a lot of LinkedIn requests as as I think literally anyone nowadays, and to use the process of filtering out those that are really valuable versus like well I'll review it one day later. Um, I always uh, like you know start this process from reviewing those who made an effort of leaving a message. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. it's very important actually.
1: Have you, have uh, I've been speaking to a couple of people on the podcast recently about LinkedIn and, um, and leaving video messages. What's your opinion on leaving video messages to help with outreach or do, is all yours text based?
2: Mm, I think, I mean, like, I don't know how you, 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 you can technically do that. Maybe maybe you could tell me because uh, it, it, LinkedIn only allows to add a text message or I, I might have – I might I'm, I'm get it wrong.
1: No, no. I think some people, what they're doing is they're, they're leaving, like, a personalized Loom messages and stuff uh-huh. like that via, yeah.
2: So they're just sending a link to something where you could yeah. – yeah, Okay. Well, I think in our case, uh, that's too much. I mean, like when you're doing a sales, like when you are like a salesperson, then yeah, it's mm. totally worth it. But in our case, I think it's just, it's, um, I don't know. It's like, you know, we are asking people to do some extra effort. It's like go yes. there, watch video, then be back to LinkedIn and accept us.
1: Yeah. That's what I find fascinating. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, you day. know,
2: it's, it, it's too much. Just like no, yeah. well, let let me know why I should add you. That's very much it. I don't need. Uh, uh, I don't need to. I don't know, like war and peace.
1: Yeah, make sure that you write a really good note if you're connecting with someone. I guess is the key message. There. Yeah, a really clear note. Uh, that, actually, that's a good question for you. So, if you're connecting with people for the first time, um what? What are some things that you do in your when you add a note to try and help uh, encourage people to connect with you?
2: Um, what do you focus on? Well, you, you might be just straightforward and tell them that you'd love to just know, to, to, to connect with them because you're interested uh, in partnering up with them on the link building site. Uh, that's one way. But if you, if you're, for instance, you want to uh, write a guest post on a particular website, then you might be a little bit. You, you might a little like you know change this message a little bit, for sure. So what I do, for instance, I write that my good friends or a person that I know, which I might don't know, <laughs> just wrote on your website, and uh, I, I, that the reason why I'm writing to you, and that's why I'm creating some kind of a connection, which is very important here, and trust that we have something in common.
1: Mm-hmm and if you um if you're on linkedin th- this is something that i'm always quite fascinated by so sometimes you might be trying to place i assume um some content or collaborate with someone that's part of a big company let's say an online publisher a magazine mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that and and maybe they have uh, hundreds of employees what's your process for finding the right people to f- the right person who might receive that message well and might be the right person to talk to what what kind of process do you go through
2: there are, there are two approaches here. So the first one, um, well, firstly, I try to find someone who, um, who is more on the SEO side, let's say, because when we are talking about big companies, um, uh, like people that are just, you know, like content marketers or what, whatever it is, they might not be aware about links at all. All uh, right. Yeah. Uh, so, well, but the, the second option here is just simply ask who will be the first person. And normally, um, people um, replies to that messages because when you're, well, like, you know, why? Um, I think the reason, uh, one of the biggest reasons why um, bulk email outreach messages when you're sending them in bulk, like campaign, and you are not really spending enough time on personalization, if I am the right context, why they are not really... Um, like, you know, why people are not replying to you is just simply because you are reaching out the wrong person. Mm. So that's, I think, one of the biggest problems here. So, um, and and that's the reason why before, like, you know, sending any any email, I'm trying to understand whether I'm talking with the right person.
1: Mm. And um, you've talked about, um, you mentioned there about kind of bulk emailing and in a similar context, um, again, I've been speaking to a couple of guests recently about LinkedIn automation, and there's quite a lot of varying opinions, but it sounds like you do everything manually. off. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that would be the case. And, it's, and you know, if anyone out there, I assume you'll, you'll probably sh- share this sentiment. But if you're trying to get content promoted, um, the worst way you can probably do that is through LinkedIn automation and, and not being personalized. You really should try and narrow down your targets and, focus on a personalized message and connection and ideally actually you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast to take it full circle is even before you get on linkedin and try and find the right person to speak to yeah um you might have already built the relationship with them in the past and got their buy-in into the content that you're producing so you don't even have to go that route and try and find people to place the content so um that's an interesting um just on the topic because there there will be a lot of listeners out here that maybe linkedin isn't quite quite the right medium for them and um And I know that a lot of our listeners might be still focused on email-based outreach and content Mm -hmm. marketing. What are some tools or techniques that you can use um, from the email perspective to find people's contact details? What are some of your favorite tools?
2: Uh, We use Hunter.io. I don't think that's the best tool ever, but um, I've noted that when you're really into any kind of a process, you just don't have time to switch. I mean, like there might be like you know better tools out there, but since we just you know we organized all our processes around this tool, um, we are using it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but I think like you know if you're really into just you know uh, email outreach in a in a traditional way, then there might be a few tools out there like Baseream or Pitchbox, that both, um, as I know, at least Pitchbox does it for or 100%, what, they, what, they, what this um, tool does, it, it just automatically uh, pulls uh, the list of all email addresses that are associated with a particular website. Hmm.
1: Uh, we, we've touched a lot on creating new content, and one thing I realized and one thing I wanted to kind of talk through today is do you ever work with clients where actually they have a lot of existing content that's almost there but not quite, and you just add to it Perhaps make it long form and then outreach with that. Do you ever kind of repurpose or update existing content and use that as a as a mechanism to acquire links?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, like we we are not really well as, as as a link building agency. We try to stay focused on links, so we mm. we we just simply decline like try not to work with those clients um, that we feel that they are not really ready. Um, I mean, like in terms of content side, but, yeah. uh, for sure, sometimes we, when we have a long, long term co- uh, contracts and, um, clients with, uh, with, uh, with whom we've been working for ages. Yeah. I love, um, an idea of content consolidation and creating topic clusters. I think that the easiest way of, um, let's say create, creating long form content, because if you have a few, let's say, uh, blog posts that are, all, like, kind of uh, too short, what you could do. You could create uh, a kind of, let's say, like, small guide or or kind of uh, just quite in-depth content uh, just by uh, consolidating those pages.
1: Yeah, that's really good advice, particularly for those that might be on a – Maybe have some content already, but don't have the budget to create new content yet. Consolidate your content, yeah, and maybe. Yeah, work consolidate,
2: out. which is mm-hmm. also good from an SEO perspective, because uh, the less pages you have, the fewer links you need to build. So yeah, because if you have a lot of, um, like you know, if you have only a few pages, then you are splitting the authority of your website across those pages. The more pages you have um like basically the less authority uh all each separate page has
1: and and you touched on um and one final kind of closing question from me which i'll I'll frame in a statement about kind of what you just said it's um you explained that um sometimes you might turn down clients if they don't have maybe budget to produce content so I guess there's a misconception and maybe you can speak on this mm-hmm. is you you cannot just pay an agency to generate links if you haven't invested in the content um so you know uh, agencies can't perform miracles without the content you have to invest in the content first so do you um do you go through any kind of exercise in educating Potential businesses about how much they have to invest in content before they even generate links. Is that something you you still find yourself providing a lot of educational? Uh,
2: uh, well, I write a lot of guest posts um, oh, okay. and yeah, and I do like podcasts and webinars. So I try to repurpose my qu- content in that way, just sharing with them some of my uh, previous um, guest posts and blog posts, whatever it is. But yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, like sometimes the issue that um like you know a client wants to get let's say like um wants to get links to i don't know it might be commercial pages or uh, might be quite like well let's say like plain pages <laughs> content pages and so but they have a very high expectation so they wanna only links from top-notch websites and that way, I feel that we are not going to just, you know, to, to meet the expectations. And so I don't want to have, um, let's say, like a negative feedback in that way. And so, um, yeah, I, I really care about our reputation. And when I feel that we can't really, well, I think, for us, it's very important to go a little bit beyond expectations of our clients. And that's the reason why we have enterprise level clients and smaller clients. And they are all, um, like, you know, they're really help us grow our business because they're actively promoting us across their circles as well. So for us, it's very important, um, to just, you know, yeah, to fulfill our client needs and even like, you know, do a little bit more. Mm,
0: So when I feel
2: that we are not capable of doing that, I'd rather send them to one of our good partners because we have tons of different, like, you know, partners um, and agencies that uh, might be a better fit for them
1: yeah that, now that's clear do you think um and just my, I always say I've got a final question and I always have one last one it's just that you've you touched on something that's interesting to me um just a, a about expectations um do you think over the, because i know i know as you mentioned you've been writing articles for a while on the topic of link building and and speaking on the topic um outside of marketing when people come to your business do you get the perception that uh the i guess the general population are more, more or less aware of links and the role they play in organic search. So, do you think the not the general awareness of link building is something that non-marketers know about?
2: Uh, I guess we are in you know, a very unique situation when we have only clients that have, um, this particular need. They know what they wanna. Oh, and right, so yeah. yeah, we are just like basically in the majority of cases, they have an SEO guy and they have like, you know, a few SEO guys and they just have a need.
0: Mm. But yeah, for
2: sure. I, I could imagine. And actually that's, that's my plan. I wanna. Uh, produce more educational content to grow our brand awareness and to somehow touch those that haven't yet formed this need. So I think literally any brand should think about like, you know, a future, like, you know, today they don't have this need, but they, 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 at some point they, they consumed your content and you created this need because I have a few cases when people weren't really in a position of buying something from us and they were simply consuming my content. But then they realized that they need links.
0: Mm.
2: So no, I think, really interesting. yeah, it's very important to just know, I don't, and like, you know, as, 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 a, as a person that does very complex stuff, I don't really enjoy talking about basic stuff, but I think it's very important to talk about basic stuff as well because you're forming uh, a new community around your brand,
1: yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking because most of the articles that i've I read in mark in about link building are from marketers and from people with experience and on marketing websites but um you're you're completely right i think there's a maybe perhaps a gap there for that early awareness stage and talking to businesses about links and um, the role of links in organic search at an earlier stage. So, um, ah, that's, that's really interesting yeah, to know that you've been I think thinking about that.
2: It's like just to add here that I, I, I see this from a perspective, not links, but uh, being mm. a brand. So I try to talk about mm. the importance of being a brand. And if you were really want to be a brand, then you need those authoritative websites that are relevant to your brand that are just, you know, forming your brand basically in, 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 in Google eyes.
1: That's a, a perfect way to end today's podcast. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to thank you for your time because that was a really interesting thank discussion. You guys,
2: appreciate uh, it.
1: And and uh, d- before I close out, do you just want to let um, our listeners know where they can find out more about you?
2: Yeah, definitely. You could go straight to our website, digitallimples.net, or simply connect with me. I think on Twitter, where I am, I, I'm, I, I'm quite active because on LinkedIn I am not really so active. I need to fix <laughs> this one day. <laughs> But I am more effective on Twitter.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, again, I'll include links to your kind of social profiles in yeah. the show notes. Um, have a great day and good luck with the, the uh, new website as well.
2: Thank you very much.
1: Okay, take care. Bye-bye.
2: Bye.
0: only from rustolium